0: Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hochberg, again. this is episode number 37. It doesn't take much to convince fans of cruising to book another Royal Caribbean cruise, so Royal Caribbean offers incentives to everyone to book another cruise with certain benefits by doing so. These booking incentives can help reduce the cost of the cruise overall or make booking another cruise a little easier to swallow financially. So let's look at what booking incentives are, which ones are better than others, and which ones I like to use as well. And naturally we're going to have your listener feedback to share as well. So here we go. First of all, I want to say thank you for everyone checking out the Royal Caribbean blog podcast. I know that many of you are have been listening for a while, and others are brand new to the podcast. But regardless if you've been listening for a week or a couple months now, thank you very much for being a part of this. It's a lot of fun for me, and I'm hoping that it's being enjoyable for you. Today, we're talking about booking incentives. So what are booking incentives? Well, Royal Caribbean obviously offers cruises throughout the year, right? Different ships, different itineraries all around the world. The thing is, they want to increase bookings on certain cruises, certain itineraries, certain dates. And, and this can vary, sometimes it's a specific week, sometimes it's months at a time. Doesn't matter. The bottom line is they want to spur sales. They want to get people to buy into cruises, right? And you know, we can all talk about how great Royal Caribbean is and all that stuff, which is true, but for a lot of people they're looking for a little something extra, a little something to make the Decision a little simpler, maybe a little better and kind of sweeten the deal a little bit. Enter booking incentives. Now, there are a couple different kinds of booking incentives we're going to talk about. And let's start with the most obvious one, the one that you're most likely to run into, which is onboard credit. Onboard credit is really very common. It's basically where World creeping gives you credit on your onboard account that you can use for purchases with your CPAS card. So basically, you can use onboard credit for things like spa services, beverages, internet, photos, shore excursions, specialty dining, onboard shopping, bingo, casino, basically anywhere you can use your CPAS card. Now, the credit is on your account, so it's going to be applied at the beginning of your cruise, and it will be first deducted from your account before you start actually accruing charges. So if you have $100 of onboard credit, and you go on day one, you get on the ship, you go to the Windjammer, and you order yourself a Coke. and You're not on the Coke package, let's say. So the Coke is going to cost you like, what, $1, $52, whatever they charge for Cokes these days? Now you're going to have ninety eight dollars left if it was two dollars for the coke. Ninety eight dollars left on your onboard credit and it'll quickly go down. Now if you buy a spa package right off the bat on your cruise, I'm pretty much going to burn right through it. And if the spa package costs two hundred dollars and you had a hundred dollar onboard credit, you'll have a minus one hundred dollars left on your account. Makes sense, right? Now how much onboard credit you can you get can depend on. A couple different factors. One, the cabin of category you booked, length of your cruise, time of season, crown and anchor society status, and other extenuating circumstances like maybe whatever deal you happen to book into or your travel agent's deal that's running. Typically, you're going to see onboard credits in the mountain like the range of $25 to $100. That's pretty typical, but you can get onboard credits going up to $200 or even more than that. It really depends on, again, sales and different things that are going on. Now you can get onboard credit through a number of different ways. One is you can get onboard credit through a travel agent. You can also get onboard credit through Royal Caribbean itself if they're offering some sort of a special incentive deal. Royal Caribbean can also give you onboard credit if something goes wrong. When things do unfortunately happen that are, you know, inconvenience, whether it's, I don't know, something broken in your stateroom, a particular area not functional, whatever it is, to kind of make it up to people, they will offer onboard credit as a means. Obviously this is already on your cruise to do that. You can also get onboard credit deals through things like Crown and Anchor Society. There's a lot of different ways you can get it, and the best part is usually stacking them together. So maybe you get, you know, fifty bucks from your travel agent, hundred dollars from Royal Caribbean, and the fifty dollars in Crown and Anchor Society benefits or something. I mean, it can work that way. And often that's how a lot of people who really benefit from onboard credit will tell you that it works. Another booking incentive are free shore excursions. And sometimes Royal Caribbean will offer free shore excursions, which basically means the cost of an excursion will be paid for for you. These free shore excursion offers, uh, must be a Royal Caribbean shore excursion, so you're not gonna get, you know, Joe's, uh, <laughs> truck tour of Cozumel. It's just gonna be usually, uh, Royal Caribbean official excursions. And they're usually limited. These offers are usually like one per cabin. It can vary, but usually I've seen them one per cabin. We also see typically a limit to the price the excursion can be. And it varies. Um, usually it's not like the most, you can't pick like the dolphin encounters, which is always, you know, like $200 per person. Usually those aren't included, but they'll usually tell you exactly what the deal is. Free shore excursions are good if you're into shore excursions, especially if you have families. If you're going – let's say it's a family of four in one cabin and you're going to go somewhere, that can be a lot more lucrative perhaps than a different offer that's maybe just 50 bucks or $100 on board credit because if four people are taking a shore excursion and the shore excursion costs $75 each, well, now you're talking at what, $300, right? Another type of onboard booking incentive is the free spa treatments. And for those who like to pamper themselves, free spa treatments may be the best booking incentive for you. I know my wife loves going to the spa, and certainly there are some great benefits as you may be aware. This spa can be somewhat pricey from time to time depending on what you're looking for. And there are some limitations as always, you uh, such as you cannot book the spa treatment in advance and you must book them once you're on board the cruise. But we've usually seen the spa, the free spa treatments offered you know, maybe one per cabin. It, it kind of depends on what you're interested in and what you're going for. So you need to look at the fine details, of course. But they do exist. Another booking incentive are prepaid gratuities, and these can be actually pretty lucrative because World Cruising basically pays the gratuities for you that are automatically assessed otherwise for the waiter, assistant waiter, head waiter, and room attendant. Usually, prepaid gratuities are only good for up to two people per cabin, and the value of prepaid gratuity depends on how long your cruise is. So. Prepaid gratuities is a better deal if you're going on a seven-night cruise or a 10-night cruise or a 14-night cruise or even longer than that because, again, it's based on a daily rate, and you're going to have to pay one way or the other, so you may look at it as saving you, it could save you literally hundreds of dollars, if not more. Another booking incentive is a lower deposit amount. Now, Royal Caribbean often uses this, especially for people who are new to Royal Caribbean cruising, to help spur sales of cruises. Basically, what it means is you don't have to put any, that much money, I should say any money, that much money up front in your cruise booking. So usually Royal Caribbean requires a, a certain percentage for a booking of any cruise to begin with. But during the lower deposit amounts, maybe they'll only ask for a hundred bucks in advance, which is great because that means you have less money you have to put up now and it gives you more money you don't have to just you know put away for a cruise that may be a year or two away that's not going to do anything. Rather you pay a hundred dollars. Now I've you know, got hundred dollars is the hypothetical amount I'm saying, but it's a very usually around that amount. You pay that off and then you have longer time to pay off. Maybe you pay it off in during between now and when final payment is due, or you just wait for final payment and make the payment then. Regardless, it's not like you have to put up a significantly more money up front and thus the it lowers the bar really for people booking cruises. It's actually a really good deal for, not just people who are new to Royal Caribbean, because those people who typically have the least amount of bookings that is available to them, but also for Royal Caribbean fans, people like you and I, maybe, who have been on many Royal Caribbean cruises, because it allows you to book a number of cruises without, again, a financial commitment in advance. So, you know, maybe like me, Matt, I'm gonna say, okay, you know, I wanna to go to a cruise in September, I wanna to go to a cruise in next February, and another cruise maybe for the summer. Well, ordinarily, that might cost to put those kind of deposits down, easily close to a thousand dollars, but on a lower deposit amount, Booking incentive, I may only have to lay out $300, which is a great deal because now, again, I'm not just investing a whole lot of money up front and I get to, you know, get the stateroom I want. I get everything. I can really fine tune what my reservation is without putting a lot of money out there. So you're saying, Matt, which booking incentive is the best out there? You know, this is like so many things on this podcast we're discussing. It's a very subjective decision. If you're not someone who enjoys a the spa, then obviously free spa treatments aren't going to be real incentive for you. Likewise, if you're booking a three or four night cruise, a lower deposit amount isn't probably a big deal because, again, the lower deposit amount's relative because the regular deposit amount's probably not that much more. When talking about pure value, I often recommend the onboard credit is usually the best booking incentive because the money you get and the flexibility it allows. There's few people that I know of. In fact, I don't know anybody who doesn't spend money on the cruise ship. You don't have to spend like thousands of dollars, but look, the bottom line is you're probably going to buy yourself a couple of drinks. You might go to a specialty restaurant. You might book a shore excursion. You're going to spend money somewhere. It's just very, very like I'd love to meet someone who doesn't spend any money on a cruise or less than, say, a $100 on a cruise. I mean, if you do, then more power to you. I don't know how you do it, but- it's, it's out there, but that's what I think is fun about cruising, right? Is, is going up to the pool that can like, you know what, honey, let's get the drink of the day or let's, you know, eat at Johnny Rocket's night or let's check out chops. Whatever it is, you have that flexibility of trying new things and you're on vacation. So you spend a little bit more than you might otherwise. So what I really like about the onboard credit is again, it's flexibility. Maybe one cruise, I'll use my onboard credits to pay for my wife's spot treatment. Another one, I'm buying myself drinks throughout the cruise. Whatever it is, it gives me more flexibility. Now. The other one I really, really like are free prepaid gratuities because again, I have to pay them no matter what. And depending on the deal, if the free prepaid gratuities are going to account for, you know, a couple hundred dollars, that might be better than any onboard bookings that I could get. Thus, I'm actually ahead of the game if you think about it in the grand scheme of things. So it really depends on, you know, what is important to you, how long your cruise is and how you typically cruise essentially. Now, How are booking incentives determined? How good an offer is really depends on a lot of factors. Generally speaking, the less popular the cruise is, the better the booking incentives are. Great example, transatlantic cruises. Look, there's not a whole lot of demand for these for a couple of reasons. One, it's a lot of sea days. Two, you're probably going to have to fly internationally because they're going for transatlantic. So if you live in the United States, you know you'll maybe drive or fly just to your port in the United States, which is great, not too expensive. But then your cruise goes over to Europe. And then you got to get your own way back because the cruise ship is not coming back. It's a one-way trip. And again, one-way European airfare is not cheap. Same thing if you're in Europe and you're coming to the United States or going from Australia to the United States. I mean, the bottom line is you got to buy really expensive air flight to get back. And for a lot of people, that's really not a, a viable thing. Plus, on top of it, transatlantic cruises are also very long cruises. They're typically more than a week. They're like two weeks at least. So again, for a lot of people, that's a little too much vacation time to invest. But on the plus side, Royal Caribbean will often offer great deals. First of all, they're gonna offer you a really cheap price on there. I think we had just posted this podcast uh when it comes out this week. Last week there was a transatlantic cruise for like for an inside cabin for like fourteen nights like three hundred dollars. It's nothing. I mean that's that's a joke. are they're essentially paying you to go on this cruise, right? But again, you have to commit to all these things that are part of it. Now, on top of that, they're going to give you things like usually maybe the free drink package, which as you may or may not know, the drink package, the alcohol packages we're talking about can range anywhere from 45 55 $65 per person per day. That's a lot of money right there. So again, the less desirable cruises in terms of just simply supply and demand are where you're going to see the best incentives usually. It should be noted that often booking incentives can be combined, and you may see an offer for one week for a lower deposit and onboard credit, while a different week will offer free spot treatments, onboard credit, and a lower deposit. Again, which offer you get will depend on how full or empty the sailing is and your timing. The thing is, when these incentives come out, like one of the biggest ones was actually last month when there was the kids' sale free, which essentially was third and fourth passengers regardless of age, sale free. That was a huge sale for Royal Caribbean. People really, really... Went for that because that's a lot of money you're saving right there. That's a booking incentive. Basically, they're saying if you book a cruise, the third and fourth people in your cabin are free. And at first, it was kids, and then they just accepted anybody regardless of age. So that was a good deal, right? So again, it depends on your cruise. It depends what's out there. But you may have said, okay, well, that cruise offer, let's say that offer passed, which it has actually. And you said, you know what? I could have done it, but I didn't book it. That same cruise you were looking at might be cheaper in another way. But They're going to offer prepaid gratuities this week or different onboard booking incentives. And again, you can combine them. Look, if you're Crown and Anchor members, meaning you've sailed to Royal Caribbean before and you're a member of Crown and Anchor Society, you can usually combine things like your next cruise certificate that you booked maybe. And on top of that, your, I don't know, some other deal that Crown and Anchor Society is offering in terms of booking incentives. Like, you know, if you book the cruise now, we use your savings certificates on top of it. You'll get some deal, whatever it happens to be. The bottom line is look for ways to stack discounts. That's how you really do well. It's like the super extreme couponing. That's the word that the people you see and people I don't know. Obviously, I'm not speaking from experience here, but I know that there are people that do that where they combine multiple discounts to really get the total savings. And honestly, this is the same way with booking incentives. So there's that in a nutshell. Hopefully, this will help some people figure out how to book a cruise and which deals might be better for them. And of course, I'm interested to hear which booking incentives do you prefer? Which ones really get your fancy and why? Why do you, do you lean towards lower deposit amounts? Do you lean towards onboard credit, prepaid gratuities, free spot treatments? Maybe that's your thing. Whatever it is, let me know. Email me, Matt, M-A-T-T at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com and we'll read some of them on our future show. time for listener feedback. I love this section because it's when I get to read your tweets, messages, voicemails, Facebook messages, tweets and everything here. It's one of my favorite things to do and I really think again from the bottom of my heart, thank you all so much for sending in all these great comments week after week. It's wonderful to read. It really gets me excited when I get emails from all of you and I get to read them on the podcast. So thank you so much. And we're going to start with a tweet from Sean Wallace who wrote me on Twitter. Great podcast this week. Enjoyed listening in Cozumel. Excited to one day try quantum dynamic dining. And actually Sean was on alert this he's in Cozumel and downloaded the podcast. He also tweeted me a photo for the pool he was at, which made me super jealous on top of everything else. So Sean, thank you for listening. Thank you for the comments. And, you know, I'm very jealous you got to listen to the podcast while in Cozumel on a Royal Caribbean cruise. So, enjoy, my friend. Let's go to our voicemail. We have another voicemail from our friend Derek in, I think he's from Utah, at least the call ID says so. So, I'll assume he's from Utah. Derek, take it away.
1: Hi, Matt, this is Derek. Thank you for answering my question on your blog about, sorry, on your podcast about um, Royal Caribbean coming to the Los Angeles port. Hopefully their cruises they have booked down it will go well and they can increase their presence there um to respond to your question on dynamic dining i think it will be an awesome addition to royal caribbean i think uh, i personally love to experience new food and new places and i think just the fact that it will have a lot of separate restaurants you can go and kind of experience the the atmosphere at these different restaurants will be an awesome addition i look forward to hopefully someday cruising on one of those quantum class ships to, to get that experience My question would be for this voicemail. What are your recommendations? Let's say you had a $150 budget to spend on board the ship. What would you spend that $150 on and why? What do you think is the best value for your money on the ship? Thanks again for the awesome podcast and I look forward to hearing your next one.
0: Thank you, Derek, for the voicemail and. Of course, I love hearing what your thoughts were on the quantum dining experience we talked about last week and your question. I got to say, dude, this is a really tough question. I was thinking about this one because $150, how would I spend that online? It's a great question. Of course, it ties in a little bit. We were talking about with our booking incentives deal and, of course, the onboard credit and how do you spend $150 because, as everybody knows, $150 on a cruise can go very, very quickly. So how would I spend that? I think, first and foremost, I would spend it on specialty dining. I think it's a great way to do it because what's what I like about specialty dining is I think it's a great value. Even despite the fact that prices are going up for specialty dining compared to what they were even a couple of years ago, nonetheless, I think it's a great deal to try new food, get a different experience. Maybe you read my experience about Sabor on Navigator these, I loved that restaurant, Derek, and me and my wife were talking about it since we got back. So that's, that was, you know, I think what, $25 a person? And we were just talking about, honestly, to drop $50 for the two of us again, no question about it, we would do it in a heartbeat. It was really that good of food. So especially dining is definitely a way I would do it. And then I'm the kind of guy, Derek, I like to spend my money in bits rather than like drop it just Bam! Here's 150 dollars, and on one foul purchase. So you know you might say to yourself, "Well, oh, Matt, maybe a good way to do it is perhaps putting you know part of the paying for part at least of the unlimited drink package." I would rather take the remaining money and use it on just drinks here and there because I'm the kind of guy you know like, will be at the pool. Like, oh, you know what? I feel like having a drink now. I'll get a drink here. Oh, we're ha- we're waiting for one of the shows to start. I'll have a drink here. So I don't do heavy drinking, but you know it's nice to have an adult beverage here and there, right? So I would probably use my money for adult beverages here and there, and maybe I'll save myself $10 or so at the very end and buy my family some ice cream at Ben & Jerry's because I love the Ben & Jerry's they serve. I mean, it's Ben & Jerry's, right? And get some ice cream, treat out, you know, a little something different. And so, you know, you spread it out. You sprinkle it around. You bought the specialty dining here. You got some drinks here. You got ice cream. What's more to like this? So I really think that spending it well, I basically I'm spending on food is what I'm trying to say. And that's how I would spend my money. My wife, if she was here, she would tell you she would spend it easily, no question about it, on the spa. She loves the spa. She can never get enough time at the spa, or money for that matter. So spending it for her on a massage to relax her back muscles, which always hurt her, that would be totally worth you know, an hour plus of time there. So, you know, different stories for different folks. But thank you, Derek, for the voicemail, and thank you for listening. Let's go to our emails. We have an email from Dennis. Just got home from a 14-day Southern Caribbean cruise on the Celebrity Eclipse. I'm catching up on your blogs and podcasts. I enjoyed your recent podcast about dynamic dining. I'm a traditional cruiser who really enjoys the comfort of the same table and wait staff each evening for dinner. I am not against dynamic dining. The selections and menus look great. Dining in several restaurants without the surcharge of a specialty restaurant is a nice idea. We always splurge and go to one specialty restaurant each cruise. If we are able to book the restaurants at times we desire, this will be an awesome credit to Royal Caribbean. If it is difficult to get time desired, I fear many will be disappointed. Of course, there is no way to know until we try to book. We are sailing in March of 2015 on Quantum, so I hope I can get more choices. We like to eat around 6 to 6.30, so I'm hoping to- we are in the minority. If the restaurants cannot accommodate, then we will be forced, and I say that in quotes, to go to a specialty restaurant. The windjammer air is always an option. Love it for breakfast and lunch, but prefer a more formal dining room for dinner. I am rooting for this to work out. Time will tell. Not trying to be negative. I am a Diamond Loyal Royal fan, just cautious. As you mentioned, change is always with a little caution. Scheduling is our only concern. I'm flexible to move a little later, but that could interfere with the entertainment one must be a really good planner to set this all up before the cruise. We did this on Allure of the seas and it worked beautifully, but we talked to lots of people on board who did not book ahead of time and could not even get into the shows during the week. So my advice is to book as soon as you can. Dennis, great email. And I was nodding my head when I was reading your email to about everything. I love traditional dining. I really enjoyed having the same table, same wait staff each dinner, but I really think that dynamic dining is going to be a fun experience for the exact reasons you said. And I agree with you 100% planning in advance will be essential yeah I mean it's really gonna be very very important right You don't have to. There's no question about it. But I think, like you said, you may not get the best choices that are out there. So if you're already the kind of guy who's listening to a Royal Caribbean podcast, reading a blog about Royal Caribbean, maybe posting on a message board, it's probably not a huge stretch for you to say that you're going to be planning an adventure cruise anyway. So for us, I think, those of us that are super into the whole cruising thing, the super pre-planning kind of people, I think this will be very easy. I was actually talking to a friend of mine about this, and she was concerned about it. And she's a listener, Danielle, so we can, we can say that right there. And she was worried about, you know, is this gonna be like, you know, like, like Dennis was bringing it up, is she gonna be forced to eat at the Windjammer or just be out of options at all or eat at like 10 o'clock at night? I think if you plan in advance, you know, well in advance of your cruise and book these things up in advance, I think we're gonna be the minority in the sense that we're gonna be booking well in advance and most people, I suspect, will be waiting for the cruise because most people don't think about it, really. I think the average person, like my parents, when they're booking a cruise, you think they're booking anything in advance? No. They are the kind of people who show up and see what's available. And that's, I think, the majority of people who take cruises these days. So uh, hopefully that'll work out. But I think, again, those of us that are listening to my voice, book in advance like Dennis recommends. I think that's going to be a good option. We have an email from Christopher Percy. Hello, Matt. A great refresher on episode 35, Choosing a Royal Caribbean Cruise. It was also great for veteran cruisers and a terrific guide for new cruisers, too. As I mentioned in previous emails, we use choice Air, especially if flying internationally, can be a lot less expensive and make the overall cruise cost more affordable. So don't overlook Europe, Mediterranean, and cruises around the world. Cruising on new ships and looking for unique itineraries, especially repositioning cruises, can be a great value, too. Utilizing some of the popular websites like Cruise Critic can give great insight into ships, cruises, and what to do and look for you in your new cruise. Personally, I feel that finding a travel agent that specializes in cruises can be a valuable resource since they, quote-unquote, live cruising every day, sometimes have access to deals ahead of the public announcements, and can provide excellent guidance on cruise itineraries, ships, and even ports of call. Christopher, well said email. You know, it's interesting about Choice Air. I have not used Choice Air. And for those who aren't aware, Choice Air is Royal Caribbean's airfare booking system. In the past, I had read and heard that Choice Air was more expensive, and it wasn't that great. So a lot of people didn't do it, including myself. In the last year or so, Royal Caribbean's revamped Choice Air quite a bit, and they made it a lot more competitive. I think they have a guarantee that within 24 hours of your booking your airfare, if you find a better deal out there on the same flight, they'll give you some discount or something like that. The great thing about Choice Air is, let's say you're going on a cruise... You book it, especially like during hurricane season, and uh-oh, a hurricane comes and totally screws everything up, and or there's an oil spill somewhere. You know that just happened a couple of weeks ago, right? And it, you, you miss your flight for reasons outside of your control. Now, if you book airfare on your own, you're on your own. You got you got you have to call the airline. You have to deal with all these problems, right? with choice air, they will work on your behalf. They'll figure out you call choice air. They're the ones who are negotiating with the airlines. They're the ones who don't, they don't charge you anything extra for all this. They do all that on the back end. So it's like basically trip insurance for your airfare, and again, not for an additional cost in there. So yeah, you're right. I might check that out next time. I think when we went to book our last cruise on Navigator, which required airfare, I think we booked airfare, and then Choice Air kind of revamped their their deal, and it was already too late for us. But you know, next time, I might look into that. And I agree with you about using travel agents. I use a travel agent for booking all of my cruises, and the reason why I do it, for one, it makes my life easier. They do all the little things for me that I don't want to do anymore. I don't want to deal with no. putting everybody's dates in there all the birthdays my travel agent has all that they do it for me they even have my credit card information all i have to do is just tell them yeah go ahead and it's done but really on top of that the the more important reason is i feel like travel agents often have better deals out there they offer their own booking incentives that we talked about earlier like onboard credit usually my travel agent gives me a nice plate of strawberries that's nice why not Chocolate covered strawberries start the cruise off it's little things they'll do to again help me make my cruise a little better and you're right they are a wealth of information so it's always helpful to do that so thank you christopher last email this week is from Mark. I don't know whether this would make a good podcast or not, but I was thinking that it might be nice to have an article or two on Royal Caribbean secrets. That would be the things that frequent cruisers have learned that they could share with those who don't know about them. I was thinking about this with the Ben and Jerry sweet post that I made on the RoyalCaribbean blog.com message boards. That's a cabin that's very unique, offers special benefits, yet the majority of cruisers on Freedom Class ships don't even know it exists. Another thing that I could share would be the wonderful outer deck above the bridge on deck 14 forward on Oasis-class ships, which is great for sail away, only accessible from the front port side hallway all the way forward past the cabins. Or maybe the public aft balconies, decks 11, 12, and 14 on Oasis-class ships, which offer a great aft view of the Aqua Theater. Anyway, I thought I'd put this forward just in case you'd be interested. Mark love the email it's a great idea actually and I'm working on something on the side I've got these of course you know I'm always looking for new ways to expand the ever burgeoning real Caribbean blog empire which is very very small but I had um but I've got something in the works about that things that you're not too far off my friend so stay tuned for more that I got I can only give you a tidbit a little hint but I promise you Mark you're going to be the the thing I'm talking about is leading right towards that so thank you for the email Mark and it's a great idea nonetheless and of course, I want to hear from you as well. Just like I read emails from Mark and Christopher and Derek and all these other people, I want this to be a podcast for all of you. Everyone listening to the show, email me about your thoughts, your comments, your questions. If you just something happens with Royal Caribbean this particular weekend that's of interest to you, send me an email. So let me know what you think—good, bad, ugly, whatever it is. I want this to be a, a really an open forum for you to feel like you can talk about what's out there in terms of the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. So, of course, you're saying, well, how do I get in touch with you, Matt? I want to send you a, a really nice email right now, or I want to call the voicemail. How do I do it? Well, we've got a couple of different ways. You can tweet us. We're on Twitter. We are at the RCL blog on Twitter. Facebook, we are facebook.com slash blog. Email matt, M-A-T-T, at com, or call the Royal Caribbean blog voicemail by calling 408-6-ROYAL-6, that's 408-676-9256. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg and we'll talk again soon.